Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Misinformation, disinformation, lies, half truths, the headlines are filled with them. The question for all of us is, who's responsible for truth? Is it the headlines? Is it the people on the bylines? Is it the political lines? Is it the red lines? Government agencies, private businesses, political parties, groups, all are laying claim to the truth. But who should really decide? Time to rethink and reconsider our position. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, this is one of the real challenging things that we deal with in the digital age is who's responsible for truth. It's easy to look at the headlines. It's easy to look at who's controlling things, whether that's a political party, a government agency, a private business. And often what happens is we just end up with a very circular argument about the qualifications of the person reporting the fact or the information or we, you know, disparage them or we demean them or we dehumanize them or we shower contempt upon them to discredit them. Uh, And it goes round and round. And and the question just continues to come back to me. Well, wait a minute. It seems to me uh, that we got to think again in terms of how this whole process works. Now, I'm going to use an example here, and I want you to focus on it just as an example. Uh, I don't want to dive in deep into the the merits of what took place in China at the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, That's not the issue today. I want to use it as a model for a discussion about who gets to control the truth. So everybody knows that early on in the pandemic, of course, there were rumors, conspiracy theories, prognosticators uh, who said that it was that the, the virus began in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. That was quickly dismissed, dispelled, discredited uh, across the board. In fact, it was banned from social media. It was taken off uh, as doing disservice, doing harm. We, it, it's just fascinating to me. We've, we've even redefined what that is. Uh, they used to call that censorship. 
Uh, now we call that a harm reduction model. <laughs> that is officially what many social media companies use. Instead of saying, well, no, we censor our content, we say, well, we have a, a harm reduction model. So again, setting aside uh, all the pieces there, I just want to go through the process and just say, okay, here's something that was reported and it was posted by people, sometimes accurately, sometimes inaccurately, sometimes with lots of vitriol, sometimes with lots of fear and anger and angst and frustration and all of those things. And until this idea of the Wuhan Institute as being the source and bats in particular uh, becoming part of the problem that led to the pandemic uh, was was banned from social media. So now we have a report from Sky News, Sky News Australia, uh, actually inside the Wuhan Institute, uh, walking through, showing very specific things that for almost a year were entirely banned. So this is uh, Sky News Australia host Shari Markson. Uh, she aired this video and uh, described the video of what she was seeing inside the lab. It is not a conspiracy to say there were live bats at the lab. It is a fact. And as you can see, this video shows bats in a cage at the Wuhan Institute. You can also see there a researcher feeding a bat with a worm. And in this image, we can see researchers out capturing bats and a bat even hangs off a researcher's hat. Okay, so there's some video evidence now that inside the Wuhan Institute that there actually are bats. Uh, let's continue on with uh, with Shari Markson uh, as she explains uh, how this video came about and uh, what they found. This was an official Chinese Academy of Sciences video. It was produced for the launch of the Wuhan Level 4 Laboratory back in May 2017. And it's this underground team of, of detectives, they call themselves Drastic, who've been investigating the origin of the virus that managed to unearth this video after all of this time. And as you say, it shows that much of what we've been told about the origin of the pandemic from the very beginning was Chinese disinformation. Okay, so now we've got a little more evidence. Now we've got a few more things going on. Uh, really interesting, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist uh, Glenn Greenwood uh, explained kind of an interesting view of this. And now he's not going into the uh, the China pieces in particular, but just talking about what happens uh, with free speech. What's the role of government? How do How does big tech in particular function within that system? I'm against censorship in all cases, but if you have a government that's censoring, that's democratically accountable, you can vote those people out of office, you can influence what it is that they're doing. With tech corporations, they have no democratic accountability at all. They can do whatever they want, and because they're monopolistic entities, they're starting to control and police our public discourse. And the other aspect that I think is very alarming is that it's oftentimes not even these corporations like Facebook and Twitter and Google that are doing it. They're doing it at the behest of governments. They're now Democratic Party hearings all the time demanding they censor more. Other governments around the world insisting that dissidents in their countries be silenced. It's really like a union between state and corporate power trying to police and control the Internet, which was supposed to be this innovation that liberated us all from centralized control. 
So, so many things packed in there. This interesting combination that we have now between government and big tech uh, that really is this this massive form of monopoly uh, that gives them a lot of control in terms of what information goes out. And then who influences that? Uh, is it government influence? Is it uh, lobbying influence? Uh, special interest influence? All of those things, again, do not benefit the public. And so we have to go back to the the premise of where we started today. Who's responsible for the truth? I want to play just really quickly uh, from uh, Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida. Now, you can love him or hate him on a, on a host of different levels. Uh, but what he said was interesting to me in terms of the censorship question and is it damaging our society? So you often hear people say, hey, these are private companies. They can do what they want, yada, yada, yada. But here's an example of working with Fauci where Facebook, you could argue, is essentially acting as an arm of the state because they're they're suppressing what the government once suppressed. And so I think this issue with big tech is unlike anything we've seen. They have massive amounts of power. These are monopolies that are much stronger than the monopolies of the early 20th century. They control, in effect, a handful of companies a huge percentage of the political speech in this country. And so I think when you have situations, they're not just censoring based on partisanship. Obviously, we've seen conservatives be censored. But when they're censoring things about some of the most important issues that we've ever addressed, how COVID started, whether lockdowns work, uh, you know they're really doing damage uh, to society. Lots of questions, lots of questions. And the one thing we found, especially within the, uh, the pandemic phase in and of itself, is there's a lot we didn't know, there's a lot we still don't know, and there's a lot we're still learning. And so that's going to change and evolve, which actually requires and challenges us to have more free speech, more open conversations, uh, and more people who are willing to say, I don't know the answer to that. So I don't know the answer to this one. Uh, I wish I did, but... The one thing that I do know and the thing that I think we all have to think again is it's not government's responsibility. It's not big tech's responsibility. We are responsible for the truth. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.